And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, October 19th. And we are delighted that you are joining us. Another week, it is, I know it's getting down to it, gang, here. Uh, just a few weeks before the election and two weeks before the election, two and a half. Uh, And, you know, you're all freaked out. I get it. Everyone's uptight. Uh, If you want to read more about the interview I conducted over the weekend with Nathan Sheets, we've got a great post that's up on the website at jillonmoney.com. Jillonmoney.com is our website. And there you can also sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Mark puts it together and it is great. So we encourage you to do that. Please do it. If you have a financial question, send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Okay, uh, let's do some questions right about now. So this is from Sarah. And Sarah writes, my husband and I are 31 and 26. No kids yet. We make a combined income of $120,000. We also have a combined $50,000 in retirement accounts, 20 grand in brokerage, 90 grand in cash, 50,000 in three inherited stocks. Our mortgage is a 15-year note, 3.3%. It is $150,000. The house is valued at $215,000. We've got no other debt, and we live in a rural state with a low cost of living, $3,000 a month. $50,000 in stocks, AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon. I think we're doing fairly well with our finances overall. My question is about those stocks. I've been unsure whether to sell them and put them into a more diversified investment or keep them and continue to receive the dividends and growth. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, I would appreciate it. First of all, you're in great shape. Oh my God. Kicking butt, right, Mark? I mean, it's good. It's a good story. I would actually sell these stocks. And the reason is, first of all, all three of them are in the same sector. So I presume that whomever was the investor before, whoever you inherited it from, liked these big telecoms. Uh, but I really think just, you know what, sell them, pay whatever taxes do. Remember, you probably got a, a step up in cost basis when you inherited them. So hopefully uh, they've gone up in value, but whatever you pay, pay that capital gains, move on. That's it. And add it to your brokerage account. And yes, I do absolutely encourage you to try to diversify with some index funds. Okay. Great question. And well done, by the way. Michelle writes, 
Thank you for all of your good advice on the pod. I'm 52 years old. I make about $60,000 a year. I have a 403B. It's got a little over $100,000. I've been investing for more than 10 years and knowing nothing about investing. I never made a fund selection. Mark, how could that be? Anyway, the money was in a Prudential GIC, uh, basically an interest-bearing account, 3%. Recently, a friend who knows more about investing than I decided to make a change. Now I have the following. Okay, here's what we got. 40% Vanguard 500 Index Plus, 23% Vanguard Balance Index, 23% in the guaranteed income, 8% total international stock and 6% in an extended market mid-cap. We're thinking about moving the remaining fund in the guaranteed income to the large cap and blended investments. We would like to minimize risk. No. Okay, wait, hold on a second. If you want to minimize risk, then keep that, you have to keep that, that guaranteed income. I do not agree with this at all. So the guaranteed income is going to help manage the risk. So I wouldn't do this. I, I like the allocation as is. It's totally fine. The last question is, all the funds are in a traditional 403B, but I also have a Roth option. I could contribute 6% pre-tax and the company gives me a match. Should I go all Roth? $60,000 a year. Um, well, you work for a nonprofit. So a couple questions I would ask before I make the Roth decision. Are you going to get a pension? Because it sounds like you might work for a public organization. Um, so in that case, if you are going to get a pension and you are going to see income that's going to be probably consistent to what you're getting now when you do retire, then yeah, I would do the Roth and I would capture the match, whichever way that that match works. And then, uh, and then you can do a Roth with the rest. I think that in this portfolio allocation, I think the bigger issue is not the guaranteed income part, but the part that's balanced. In fact, what I probably would do is I wouldn't own the balance fund. I would put half of the money that's in the balance fund in the S&P 500 index and the other half in the guaranteed interest and call it a day. Dylan writes, I have recently started listening to your podcast. I'm 18 years old. How about that? I'm currently working at Amazon. I've had the job for about a month now. I make $15 an hour. I work full time. I'm going to keep it plain and simple. I want to get rich. (laughs) I've been thinking of getting a second job and I've got $6,000 in savings, $300 in checking. I've got $500 in an E-Trade brokerage account that I'm waiting to use. I want to open a Roth IRA and start contributing $500 a month to it for the rest of my life. I wasn't quite sure what else I should do. If you have any advice that can point me in the right direction, I'd love it. Thanks again. Okay. First of all, getting rich is not a goal. So I know you want to get rich, but God bless you. It, it No. So remember, the big three for anyone getting started is to have whatever you need to get through six to 12 months of your living expenses in savings. So hopefully you have that, that's 6,300. The E-Trade brokerage account, I don't know why you have that. I wouldn't have that. I'd rather you just open a Roth IRA and start contributing to it. As a full-time worker to Amazon, are you actually entitled to their retirement account? Because if you are, and you could potentially maybe get some matching component, I would rather you do that and use that and get some free money. But sounds like you're on the right track, despite the, I want to get rich. Remember that song, Mark? I want to get rich. I think we used to use that on the radio show, didn't we? Yeah, I thought. Judy writes, 
My husband has a 401k and a 403b through work. He works for a hospital. Our income has been affected by COVID. We were thinking of doing a withdrawal under the CARES Act and start a Roth IRA and fully fund it for him for 2020 in the amount of $7,000. If we do that under CARES, is it considered a repayment even though it's going to a different type of retirement account? Hmm. It's a little bit, it's just interesting. If you are doing a withdrawal and you pull the money out, you have to sign, you have to basically say I've been affected. So I guess what I'm wondering is why are we doing this? Because you're going to then, you're kind of gaming the system, I guess. Um, there's no penalty. I presume you're, I don't know, you're over the age of 50, but maybe you're under the age of 59 and a half. You have to do a self-certification that um, you've had adverse financial consequences from COVID. Then you have to create something called the Coronavirus Retirement Distribution. There's no penalty on money that you pull out. The taxes due. It's spread evenly over three years. I'm not sure why you're doing this, though. Is it? I guess that maybe you're saying you could pull the money out, pay the tax that's due, and then put the money in the Roth. I don't get why putting money in the Roth makes sense. Either you need the money or you don't. If you don't need the money, then don't take the money out. I guess that's how I feel about it. This is similar. It's not like you're cheating the system like people do with the college financing because it's not that bad. But I mean, if you really need the money, then take the money out. And if not, then don't do it and leave it where it is. And finally, we have a message from Terry who says, thanks for keeping me and my dog company on her daily walks. Oh, the dog is phenomenal. And by the way, this picture of the dog, which we must put up on the website immediately, is beautiful. It's on the on the ocean, it looks like to me. Gorgeous. Okay. So Terry says, I listen to a lot of financial podcasts. Obviously, yours is at the top of the queue. And it feels like everywhere I turn, I hear about investing in real estate. Enthusiasts say it's mandatory, necessary for diversification, and that the tax benefits are unparalleled. I can't help but wonder if the stories are too good to be true. A lot of the people talking about it offer a book or an internet course they're trying to sell to teach me the secrets of real estate. Is this something I should be considering? Thanks to you and Mark for all you do, Terry. Terry, when it does sound too good to be true, it probably is. Look, I, I, real estate's a great category of investing. It really is. And uh, as an asset class, but it's not as easy as it's always framed. And I am always a little bit concerned about someone selling their book and secrets about real estate. So here's the thing. If you want to own some portion of your portfolio that is allocated to real estate, you can buy a real estate investment trust. You can buy a real estate investment trust index. There are mutual funds, no more than 5%. You don't have to invest in real estate directly. It can be great, but there's work involved if you're going to do it directly. Okay. So that's kind of where I come out on it. I love these people. It's like the same people that what they do is they go from idea to idea. So it's like get rich, bid Bitcoin, get rich buying gold, get rich buying real estate. When you hear all those things, just ignore it. That's how I really, and if you really have a question about your portfolio and what's going on in your financial life, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Okay, that's it. That is the program. If you have questions, don't forget, you can always send us an email or go to our website, jillonmoney.com. We have a contact button, gets to us immediately. So do that. And if you wouldn't mind, leave a review and a rating of this podcast. Send it along to people who you think could benefit from it. 
And we are always grateful for those things. Oh, you know what? I have to always do this, Mark. I've been forgetting this. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark, the guy I keep talking to that you can't hear, is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13. Don't forget to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Do something nice for somebody today. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow.